It's very simple. There's no negotiating with these people. I will not negotiate with people that chemically castrate children. That's right. I will not negotiate with people that have pornography being presented to kids across the country. I will not negotiate with people that put critical race theory in our schools and teach young white people there's something wrong with them because of the color of their skin. Far be it for me to correct Charlie Kirk, but it's not a matter of if we will or if we won't negotiate with the left. We cannot negotiate with them. What they're doing to this country is evil. And there's only one thing you can do with that. Charlie Kirk in Jackson, Wyoming. Come on, let's go. Good morning, my friends, and welcome to yet another installment of Weekend Update. From high above all other puerile and insipid forms of Wyoming mainstream media, this is Cowboy State Politics. I, of course, am your illustrious host, David Iverson, firmly ensconced behind the silver Cowboy State Politics microphone and broadcasting to you from the base of the Tetons in the People's Republic of Jackson. That's right, my friends. I'm spending the weekend here in the People's Republic. Oh, don't worry. I haven't shifted over to the dark side. I just had an invitation to come to Teton County's Patriot Dinner. As you might imagine, it really was quite the affair. It was held at the Four Seasons in Teton Village. And as you might have surmised from the beginning of the program, Turning Point USA founder Charlie Kirk was the keynote speaker. A little bit later in the program, I'm going to play his full address for you. But there was another guest present at the event that we haven't talked about on the program. Newly elected House District 22 Representative Andrew Byron. And I have to tell you, my friends, I'm just dying to tell you about him. But first, some completely egregious self-aggrandizement. You can listen to the podcast on any of your favorite podcasting apps. iHeartRadio, iTunes, TuneIn, really any of them will work. But the easiest way is just to go to the website, CowboyStatePolitics.com. There, you can find all of the shows, as well as any of the articles that I might bring up during the course of a program. If your name is Andrew Byron, and you can't quite figure out why you've made an appearance on Cowboy State Politics, well, you can go to CowboyStatePolitics.com, pull up an article, and educate yourself, and find out that you've been voting with the Democrats nearly all the time. This segment of the program is brought to you by New Trend Hats. Go to their website, NewTrendHats.com. They have a wide variety of hats for both men and women. And during this cold Wyoming winter, you really need to take care of those ears of yours. Go to their website, and I'm sure you'll find a hat that'll keep them nice and toasty warm. That's New Trend Hats. Andrew Byron had a lot of people fooled during the primary election. He certainly hoodwinked the Crook County Central Committee over in northwest Wyoming. They gave him $1,000 towards his election campaign. And the truth is, it's pretty hard to tell how somebody is going to vote once they get elected. The only thing you have to go on is what the candidate has told you. And what Andrew Byron told just about everybody is that he was a conservative Republican. 
Marty Halverson was the last conservative to hold the House District 22 seat. She was taken out of office by Jim Roscoe. He first ran as a Democrat and then lost and ran in the general election as an independent. But as we all know, Jim Roscoe is anything but an independent. He's really just another Democrat who ran under another party affiliation just so he could get elected. During the primary election, all signs pointed to Andrew Byron being at least a little bit more conservative than Jim Roscoe. He's a realtor, and he owns a fly-fishing guiding business. It turns out in our zeal to retake the House 22 seat, we were as easily fooled as your run-of-the-mill brook trout. With a month and a half worth of session under our belt, it's pretty clear that there's no difference between Jim Roscoe and Andrew Byron. Both of them really are just Democrats who can't spell. We shouldn't really be all that surprised. There's a greater concentration of wealth in Teton County than in any other place in the United States. There's also a greater concentration of Democrats here than in any other place in the cowboy state. In this place, the conventional thinking that any Republican is better than any Democrat just simply doesn't apply. Allow me to demonstrate. On the conservative who's who list, Representative Mark Jennings ranks number two, voting with the Republicans 95% of the time. Representative Ken Pendergraft is at number 20, voting with the Republicans 85% of the time, roughly a 10-point difference. But ideologically, there's really very little difference between Representative Jennings and Ken Pendergraft. They're pretty much the same type of Republican. The difference in the ratings is just a couple of votes. The same holds true on the other end of things. In the 2022 budget session, Jim Roscoe voted with the Democrats 92% of the time. During this legislative session, Andrew Byron has sided with the Wyoming left a whopping 84% of the time. I wonder if everybody in that room last night knew everything about Andrew Byron that I do, if they would have really given him a round of applause like they did. But let's look at some specific votes. Byron hasn't even been in office two months, and he's already voted to give himself a raise three times. That was House Bill 51. That was the end run around the Wyoming Constitution that allowed them to increase their constituent allowance instead of being upfront and honest about it and saying they're increasing their salary. Either way you cut it, it's still $1,000 a year of your money that Andrew Byron gets to put in his pocket. On House Bill 66, the ban on mask and vaccine mandates, Andrew Byron voted in favor of adding $850 million to it to make it unpalatable for the rest of the House to vote for. After doing that, he then voted against the bill. In other words, he voted in favor of allowing the federal government to mandate that you put a mask on your face or you take a shot. Related to that is House Bill 143. That would have made it illegal in the state of Wyoming for the CDC or the World Health Organization to impose mandates on the state. Yeah, he voted against that bill. In committee, he voted for House Bill 80, Medicaid expansion. Interestingly enough, for a Republican, he votes nearly lockstep with Democrat Liz Storr. Well, it stands to reason he took money from Liz Storr's husband, Luther Probst. Maybe it's a Teton County thing. Emblazoned on every website that Andrew Byron has a presence is his promise to do something about property taxes in the state of Wyoming. The only problem with that is he hasn't kept his promise. 
On House Joint Resolution 2, the conservatives tried to put a cap on property tax increases in the state. They wanted to cap it at 3%. Andrew Byron voted against it. And perhaps most telling of all is House Bill 87. That was a revision to our obscenity statute. It would have made it a crime to introduce graphic pornographic material into the classroom or into school libraries. This has been an ongoing controversy in Wyoming for quite some time. In many cases, the material we're talking about goes far beyond graphic pornography and is most definitely pedophilia materials. Andrew Byron voted against that bill in the Revenue Committee. And just in case you've forgotten, during that committee hearing, a Laramie County parent and member of the Moms for Liberty group in Cheyenne read a portion from a book that is in a Cheyenne High School library. Here's that soundbite again. It's called Crescent City by Sarah Moss. So this is just an expert. She couldn't stop it. The image that blazed over her senses, Hunt putting those big hands on her waist and hoisting her onto the counter, currently pressing into her spine, shoving her t-shirt over her midriff, his t-shirt actually, and spreading her legs wide. Beep. Her with his tongue, then his cock, until she was sobbing in pleasure, screaming with it. She didn't care just as long as he was touching her inside. There's more, but I'm going to spare us all. Andrew Byron sat in the Revenue Committee and listened to that, and then he voted to allow that book into Wyoming high school libraries. I don't think I need to say anything more about Representative Andrew Byron. Coming up after the break, the entirety of Charlie Kirk's address at the Teton County Patriot Dinner in Jackson, Wyoming. But first, a completely outrageous profit timeout. Cowboy State Politics is brought to you by Morton Buildings. If you're in the market for an outbuilding or a garage or a barn or a roping arena or maybe a giant warehouse for your business, then you should call my friends Nick and Jesse at Morton Buildings. Their phone number is 307-674-2532, or you can check them out on their website at mortonbuildings.com. My friends, it's Saturday, and you know what I'm thinking about? Hot Wings. Hot Wings from the Winget Food Truck. They make the most amazing wings in the state of Wyoming. And not just hot wings. They have several other different flavors. I personally recommend the garlic parmesan wings. They're incredible. Now, the way that you could figure out where that truck is going to be is just go to CowboyStatePolitics.com and look underneath the Sponsors tab, and you'll find their schedule there. That way, you can plan your entire week around where that truck is going to be. That's the Wing It Food Truck. And now, back to our program. Well, I thank all of you for holding back your best bids to allow me to win. It really means a lot, so thank you. Uh, I remember that desk. I met with Foster at that desk many times, so that's uh, really special for me. It is, so uh, thank you. And it's, uh, that actually is the highlight of my entire trip, 
uh, to be able to, to have that. So um, I want to just say thank you to this wonderful organization for having me. I love being in Wyoming. Um, it's a great state. We have to do a lot to save it. Mm -hmm. I also just want to remember Foster. Um, so I'm going to do my best. This is very important. It shouldn't be the GOP. It should be the grand old party and then the GOP. He really did not care for acronyms. He did not explain yeah. them. And so I just want to make sure in case everybody is not clear uh, what, the, what the GOP stands for. Uh, Foster is a legend. And we are all recipients of amazing Americans that did unbelievable things before us. And I truly mean this. What Foster did in his lifetime to believe in the next generation to give away hundreds of millions of dollars with Lynn it was just extraordinary. And I can say this without a shadow of a doubt, without Foster, Turning Point USA would not exist. And that's a big deal because you look at where Turning Point USA is now, it's way bigger than any vision I ever had. We have some of our Turning Point kids here tonight that are fighting a battle in Stalingrad, otherwise known as University of Wyoming. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's not a conservative school. Let's not, let's not, let's not lie to ourselves. It's just not. Great people doing a good job, but when you have a sitting U.S. senator that says there's only two sexes at a graduation ceremony and that senator is booed, and then the university president then sends out a letter saying, oh, hey, everybody, I'm so sorry that you had to hear that. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. But anyway, um, that's the block of a big love isn't sin. And, um, but I will say that Turning Point USA is this incredible machine that's been built, and it really is the Lord that has poured into it in a profound and amazing way. And Foster believed in me, and he believed in our vision to try to pass down American values for the next generation. And when you, when you are around a giant of a man, Foster Freeze, he leaves a permanent impression on you. And all of you probably have one or two people you've known in your life that are that way, but you just start seeing him, him pop up in conversations. And one of the things that Foster really left with me is he loved people, and he really believed in the best for this country, and for the working class, and for the middle class, and he, he didn't just put his money where his mouth was, but he ran for office and really should have won in my opinion, but that's a separate issue. And he was so focused on trying to lift people up to be decent and to be civil to one another. And I definitely had a lot to learn about that, to be honest. It's, it's still kind of a, a learning. Again, if you deal with the left all day long on college campuses, you got a lot to, you know, you've got to have the fruit of the spirit of self-control, which uh, Foster was, was taught me quite often. But I'm just, I'm just so thankful, honestly, Lynn and Stephen and the whole family that's here. Um, the country's a freer place because of Foster Freeze. And now it's the challenge tonight for what are we going to do as we inherit uh, that incredible legacy. So thank you. So a couple things I'm going to share with you that I think are very important. Not all change is good. That's an obvious thing. That's something that we need to repeat and that we need to remind ourselves of. I've been coming to Jackson, Wyoming for 15 years. I first came here when I was in 8th grade. Uh, it looked a lot different, and it felt a lot different. And so I'm going to start my speech hyper-local here. This place is not going in the right direction. It's not. One of the falsehoods that we are led to believe by the secular media 
and by our politicians is that all progress is good. This is insane, obviously, when you think about it. But if you take a step back and you just look at Jackson and Teton County in particular, you need to ask yourself a question, what is the vision here? What are we trying to do? Are we trying to turn this into a smaller Denver? Are we trying to bring in the worst aspects of San Francisco and New York? And I know you're fighting so hard, so you don't need to hear this, but maybe it actually might be helpful as an outsider. As I've visited here for 15 years, this city has become meaner. Yes. This city has become less like the heartbeat of true Wyoming and more like a second or third home dumping ground of the worst people in America that got sick of Aspen because that's just, they just, they just destroy places and they move And honestly, I don't know if you're agreeing or disagreeing, but I'll take it as an application. So. We agree. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So it's a, it's, a, it's a tough situation, right? Because you want to be welcoming and you want to have Jackson the way you remember it. But, you know, I kind of, I've been going to Aspen for the last 15 years, and honestly, that hasn't changed that much. It's always kind of been obnoxious. And I mean, when you get invited to like a black tie dinner and ask me, like, really? Like, that's. You're way too involved in yourself, right? To ask you to wear a black tie in Aspen. But there's something that's been real about Jackson and about Teton County. And there's a pretentiousness and a snobbery and a self-righteousness that I'm afraid that is snapped, uh, that is really coming in here. But it's beyond that, where what I think always made Aspen such a um, unsustainable project, and that's, I mean, the property you know, values have gone up so ridiculous the last couple of years, is it's exactly what the Democrats want to do to the rest of the country. Yeah. And you're living through, you might already be here in Jackson, so I might already be behind, but it's very simple. It's, you have an untouchable 1% that believe in the most insane ideas imaginable. Men can become pregnant, climate change can destroy us all, they don't fly in private jets, ESG, most of which are people that never actually earned their money, and everybody else serves me, I could not care less for them. I don't care if they don't own anything. I don't care if they're renting. I don't care if they're on government assistance. Just get out of the way, because I got a bunch of ruling class activities to do, and I don't want to live in that country. And you should either. That's not America. That means Brazil, Switzerland. It's another country where the ruling class runs everything. America's always been strong because of a middle muscular class that was able to own property and believe that their kids yes. would live in it. Charlie, you know, you know, I might be part of the ruling class. There, there's, pl there's plenty of nuance. There's a lot of people that obviously are super well off in this. But as a generalization, Teton County is one of the wealthiest areas in the country. We can all agree on that. It is also one of the most liberal. I get asked this question all the time. How does that work? And you, you could probably all teach the master class on that because you live amongst them, right? And there is an arrogance that sets in, and you can just feel it at times. Just go into, I think you guys have like a co-op or something super weird, like in liberal downtown Jackson or grocery store or whatever. And the disconnect is so clear. And for those of you that have visited India, that's what they're going to create, where there's an untouchable class, but untouchable in a different way, where they control everything, and other people have no hope. And if you kind of distill what, why America's always been the greatest country in the history of the world, embedded in us is this hopeful optimism that if I play by the rules, I'm going to see something better. And that sounds so unbelievably obvious, right? But in communities like this, that is becoming less and less of a reality. And so then you have to try to figure it out. And 
just feeling divided Jackson in the last couple of years, especially, we, we could just kind of go to the, take the subjective stuff behind, but besides the, the kind of the cruelty and the, I just think the meanness that is set in here. But this is one of America's greatest towns. This is such a beautiful slice of heaven that God graced our country with. What a tragedy if it becomes a higher priced, more beautiful San Francisco, right? Yeah. So what is one to do about that? You have to fight. And I know some of you say, Charlie, we fight and we fight and we lose and we lose and we try to take back, take back Teton County. You got to keep on organizing. Because this place is too beautiful and too special to lose to these parasites. <laughs> and that's what they do. They take it over and they destroy it. And they say, what do you mean it's so bad? Go to Seattle. Go to Portland. Go to San Francisco. Go to Los Angeles. I'm talking, go outside of Mercer Island, okay? Go outside Sausalito. Like, go and actually to San Francisco. And you will see just open-air horror. Because that really is an interesting thing. As America becomes so secular, so more secular, why would you care for your fellow neighbor, right? Why would you care for the stranger? I'm just going to care for myself. That, that is the doctrine of secular materialism. What's hilarious is the very same people that tell us, well, don't you care for other people? Actually, we do care for other people. I care for people so much, I want them to be able to own land because I think it's actually good for humans. Mm -hmm, yes. I think it's good for humans. Not just people, but actually all the time, which is what we're seeing in this area far too often. So what is the what is the solution here in Teton County? Um, look, you, ha you can't give up. And that's going to be my broader message for the country in general, because I know there's also a lot of anxiety about what's happening in America right now, and for good reason, which... You, I mean, we can't keep trains on tracks. I know that's no new phenomenon. Like, I mean, just it, it has increased. And I mean, let's just let's just tell how it is. I mean, you guys didn't have me here to give some sort of you know long pre-written political speech. I'm going to tell you the truth. Um, people who judge is a national disgrace in every possible way, right? And I'm going to focus on him for a second. He's gay only because he's gay. Okay, I have no problem with people in a homosexual lifestyle, whatever, do what you want to do. I don't approve of it. I don't think that's what marriage should be at all. However, that's the only reason to select. He has never done anything of consequence in his life. And guess what? A functioning infrastructure that actually is able to get planes to take off in the Christmas season and not have widespread cancellations and trains stay on the, on the right track and not be lectured that the, the goal of the Department of Transportation is to accomplish equity? I mean, this is ridiculous. But it's exactly the idea pathogen that comes out of college campuses. People to judge. You guys have heard of ChatGPT, this artificial intelligence? That's people to judge, okay? He's just been pre-programmed to regurgitate whatever the nastiest woke silicon value And when they created him in the Petri dish, they just were looking at Mad Magazine and they were out for you. They just cop copy paste the Alfred E. Right as the head of I don't know if there's any Notre Dame Irish fans here. If you've ever been to South Bend, it, it's literally like driving through downtown Baghdad. Worst roads in the entire country. No joke. I grew up in Chicago. South Bend's like a road. And this is the guy that we choose to run our transportation secretary. Why was he selected? Because he picked a certain, he, he was a certain criteria. And you're not allowed to say this out loud because you know a lot of our Republican leaders, God bless them, they don't want to be canceled, whatever that means. Like, oh, I'm really, you know, Pete Buttigieg is incompetent. Of course he's incompetent. Why was he chosen? He was chosen because we are deciding as a country to prioritize things that don't matter more than competence. That's why he was chosen. And that is going to destroy the country, period. The people of East Palestine, Ohio, now in infected rivers, and I think, really dangerous air quality, 
not just because of that, but it seems to be this kind of rolling rhythm where our generals that run our military are more worried about white rage. Or they, 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 I, I, Mark Milley, I get such I get such a kick out of that. I mean, does this guy does this guy look like he's really gonna win a war? And and he's like, you know, we're, we're looking into why military enrollment is down 25 percent. And why is it the lowest levels for Vietnam? Like, you don't need a committee, okay? Let me tell you why. You decided to force a gene-altering shot on our healthiest young men and women that didn't need it from a virus that wasn't going to Your tired of seeing Go Army ads and Navy ads laced with gay messaging of gay pride flags they don't want to join an enterprise that's not going to be about defeating the enemy and winning wars. If they wanted that, they would go to college. <laughs> <laughs> that's why enrollment is down 25%. Like all these politicians, we need to have a study into why people don't want to join the military. And that's a sad thing. I want military enrollment to go up. You should too. I want people who want to serve the country. I think it's really tragic. But this is where I think it's we're going to now, we're going to hit a fork in the road. And not everyone likes this message, and I get plenty of emails from people that don't like this because they want the easy way out, or they want it, they want me to tell them something simple, which is, these are not good people. There's no two ways about it. I'm sure you know a good liberal. Great. Give them a hug. Um, and tell them thank you for existing. We're not dealing with good people, okay? We're dealing with political arsonists. These are people that do not want America to survive the way that you do, or thrive, or flourish. These are people that believe that this beautiful flag, and what it represents, is evil, colonialist, bitter, racist, and from the beginning, it has been flawed. There's no negotiating with those people. You must defeat them. <laughs> now, the way I'm talking is a little bit too much for most Vichy French Republicans, right? Where they're like, oh, hold on, Charlie, we gotta find common ground. I don't find common ground with people that think men can become birth. I'm sorry, it's a deal killer. I think you should, I think you're delusional. By the way, that's like a majority of college presidents who'd say, well, you know, there's evidence to show that men can become birth. Yeah, there, there, there's no evidence. Like, you have to go to college to believe something as ridiculous as that. So then what do you do? The first thing you have to realize, in any business deal, right, if you're not dealing with somebody in good faith, if somebody is not negotiating in good faith, the deal is over, right? That, that's a good rule for life. If you're trying to get a business deal done, you know that they're a bunch of crooks and they're lying to you, and they're just trying to get power, why would you keep on trying to do that deal with them? Okay, so put it like more broadly, knowing what you're dealing with is also, I think, invigorating because we, we try so hard to say, you know, the, the Democrats, they're, they're so terrific, and. They're, um, I hear this all the time from people, not terrific, but like they really are, are trying to do what is best for the disadvantaged. They just have a different way of getting there. I'm sorry, keeping the southern border wide open and allowing 5,000 people to come in daily, they don't mean well. These people want America to end. It's that simple. And so the way forward is then to recognize what we're living through. And to, to know what we're living through is to study KGB Soviet literature, spy literature, Yuri Bezmenov was a Soviet defector, KBG, KGB Soviet defector, really amazing guy, he defected, and he did a series of public interviews in the late, uh, early 80s and early 90s where he told, on American television, you can find it, of course, CNN will never show it, um, he said, look, this is how you take over a country, it's very simple, this is the Marxist playbook, and he went through four different steps. And the one that he spent the most time 
was demoralization. He said, look, it's very simple. You want to take a country over, you have to demoralize the population. Now, here's the good news. The good news is that out of nowhere, I think because of an act of God, we interrupted all their plans with the mm -hmm. 2016 election of Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I, I cannot tell you how, how much of a significant that was. And I know some of you say, I don't like his tone, I don't like his tweets. I'm telling you right now, that man does not win in 2016. You, you think you're in a bad spot now. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have President Buttigieg by now, just mm -hmm. so we're clear, right? Mm -hmm. And the point being is that they had, they needed to try to demoralize us and try to make us give up. So what does demoralization consist of? Making you feel like your country is falling apart and there is no hope. And they're doing a really good job of that. Mm -hmm. They are. Now, being upset, being angry about what's happening is good, but you also must know that you are players in their game where their end goal is to get you to give up. That they're, it's, a, it's a slow burn of demoralization where they're trying to get you to say, I don't think we can win wars, I don't think we can secure our border, we can do anything we put our mind to mm -hmm. as Americans. Mm -hmm. Our leaders don't want to, that's the difference. Mm -hmm. And they get to the question, why? Why don't they want this? Well, part of it is ideology, part of it is just these are really, really bad, sinister people. But then, then we have to realize that our secret weapon in all of this is simply not giving up. Now, I have another unpopular thing to say tonight, which is, you are now a dissident in your own country. People do not like it when I tell you this. They'll tell them this. They say, oh, no, no, we're the majority. Yeah, you might be the, I think the country is a center-right country, I think so, but they control the FBI, the Department of Justice, college campuses, they, can, they used to control Twitter, thankfully not anymore. They control Facebook, they control Google, they control every major corporation. You have to think like a dissident. You have to think like almost a sleeper cell individual in Eastern Germany. And if you think on, you know, engaging in hyperbole, just listen to the actual North Korean defectors that are trying to warn you that what's happening here is actually far worse than even some of the stuff they heard in North Korea. I just had an unbelievable young woman that every single American should listen to her testimony. It takes 30 minutes, you can listen to my podcast, Yinmi Park. She lived in North Korea until she was 13. She defected, sold into sex, like slavery, sex and slavery. She's only one of 209 North Koreans ever to successfully make it out of the country into America. Then she goes to Columbia University to be told by her classmates and her professors that you're privileged and that you don't know what oppression is, even though she grew, this is what she was taught, paid for at Columbia, right? And she's telling us, you have no idea how totalitarian your country is about to become. And so, I know a lot of you don't need convincing on that. So then the last aspect of it, okay, Charlie, what do we do, okay? Charlie, I've done everything that's been asked of me, okay? I watch Tucker Carlson every night, I bought the pillow, I have done everything that has been asked of me. The Giza Dream Sheets are incredible. The slippers are fabulous. Okay. My answer remains the same for all 20 of you that have asked me tonight. Charlie does relief factor work. Oh my God. It's 100% drug free. That's all I have to say. I've done everything that's been asked of me. Okay? That's what people say. Look, we have not yet begun to fight. They have been able to take over so much because we have been so, so, so easy on them. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we gotta stop it. What does that mean? That means you gotta stop supporting companies that don't share your values, even if it's five or ten percent of the budget. You stop giving money to universities that hate you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Stop doing that. Mm -hmm. 
You've got to start really encouraging your kids at a younger and younger age to dive into American history. Get involved with Turning Point USA. And then the final thing, well, that's not the final thing, but it's one of many things. We've got to build a parallel economy, start new businesses, <laughs> encourage young entrepreneurs to take risks. We have to make sure they're not able to take out our fighters when they are targeted for elimination. It's very important. The media tries to convince you that certain members of the conservative movement are not necessary. They try to do this to Matt Gates. Mm -hmm. They try to take Matt Gates off the chessboard. And Matt Gates fought back, and Matt Gates spoke at Turning Point events, and he called their bluff. And as of a couple of days ago, the Department of Justice has dropped all investigations into Matt Gates. The last sinister force is trying to take up James O'Keefe right now at Project Veritas. So we have to have the resolve that say, you know, that guy's a fighter. I might not do everything perfect. I might not agree with it. But boy, I'm not going to allow CNN or some left-wing rag to take out our best guys or our best young ladies. Because there's very few of us that are on the front lines that are doing this type of work. And I can tell you, it is exhausting. It is tolling. You know, and don't, that's not to feel sorry for me. The death threats and the, all that sort of stuff, that, that's just part of the game. But they try to wear us down. That's part of, that's part of their strategy. And our secret weapon needs to be repeatedly at these events, publicly and privately, is you're not going to break our will. Mm. And I mean, I think Churchill was the greatest man to live in the 20th century, period. You know, we need to tell our young people that. He was incredible. And his opening argument on the BBC to fellow citizens during the Blitz was basically, as you know, the famous speech, whether it be on the die on the beaches, die on the landing grounds, die in the fields, we will never surrender. And at that moment, internal Nazi journals and testimony said that was the first time, the first time Adolf Hitler doubted he could take over all of Europe. The first time Hitler thought, there is a chance I might not win, is as soon as somebody called the bluff. It's not about armaments, it's not even about truth, it's not about technology. The one thing that Hitler was able to do to the Poles, and obviously the French, was break their will. Right? No offense to your French, I'm sorry, just not exactly, <laughs> the, best, not exactly the best war record of the last hundred years, okay? Um, and, but as soon as somebody, it wasn't Neville Chamberlain, got up the microphone and was like, look, we don't have as many people, we don't have as sophisticated technology, but we do have a will that's not going to break, and we're going to fight for every single inch. Yeah. And guess what? The left, the left knows they're running out of time. You see, they're trying to execute the takeover of a country very quickly and very swiftly, and they're trying to do it in a very bizarre way. Joe Biden and his handlers are a little smarter than this, but Bernie Sanders and his people and their people are not, where they would be the first successful revolution to take over a country while saying, I hate the country I'm trying to take over. It's super weird, right? Give me power to run the country and I actually hate America. Like, not even Lenin was that dumb, right? Lenin was, okay, I love Russia and I think I can run Russia better than the Tsars. Hitler, I love Germany, I think I could do it better. These people are like, I hate America, now give me the keys to the palace. You think at some point you'd be like, yeah, I don't know, it's probably a bad idea, right? <laughs> you would think. Um, at least Biden disguises love of country. He really has a bitter hatred for working class Americans and what this country stands for. And by the way, as a side note, I'm so tired of hearing people, I feel so sorry for Biden. I don't feel sorry for him. He's a traitor of the country. He should go to jail. Okay, I do not feel sorry for him at all. This guy is not a good person. He's so So here's some good news happening. Turning Point USA is growing rapidly across the country. There's probably a revival happening. 
right now on college campuses across the country to bring people back to believe in God. And that is not getting any coverage by the mainstream press. There are more people that are starting to rise up and realize, hey, maybe we shouldn't teach seven, eight, nine-year-olds pornography in their textbooks. Maybe that's probably a bad idea. Yeah, it is. And the left is so cunning, and they're so smart, and they're so crafty. They know exactly what they're doing. They, they launder these ideas, and they introduce them to upper-middle-class suburban women in beautifully packaged podcasts and books like White Fragility, The 1619 Project, and all of this. And again, I, I want to be very clear. Active, dedicated, suburban, middle-class women will make or break the country. It's that simple, okay? They're the ones that show up to PTO meetings. They're the ones that show up to school board meetings. They make or break the whole country. So the left is so smart. They spent hundreds of millions of dollars on content that catered specifically to upper-middle-class suburban women, and they've convinced many of them. Have you seen this ridiculous ad campaign, Science Moms? The world is ending, and you have to teach your kid that it's not safe to go outside, like all this ridiculous stuff. They're spending millions of dollars to try to propagandize suburban women on this, and especially also on this idea of America being a racist country, but it's actually changing. And so what they've tried to do is now turning on its head where the perverts party, which is the Democrat party, is now being challenged by the parents party, which is now a bipartisan movement of parents that is rising up in a really amazing way. Are you swearing at me, by the way? Yeah. I just don't believe said. Okay, well, they are the perverts party. I'm sorry. You said you're not going to convince me otherwise. Look, no, I, I, I would wish you'd actually say F me instead of mouthing it. I'm sorry, I was seeing that. I was like, that's so incredibly interesting for somebody, but message received. Thank you. I'm glad you're hearing this. Um, by the way, we're going to win your side. It's going to lose in a very No, actually, I'm going to keep fighting even harder. Yes. Okay, next time, don't try to use swear words at the speaker while he's, uh, he's speaking. By the way, your exhibit A, I think everything I'm talking about, angry, upper-middle-class, suburban woman who's been affected by the coronavirus. Anyway, thank you for being here. All right, so that was just interesting. Never had that happen before at a Republican event. We are in Teton County, everybody. Yes, that's yeah, um, true. So look. <laughs> Let me kind of let me kind of square all this together and land the plane. It's very simple. There's no negotiating with these people. I will not negotiate with people that chemically castrate children. That's right. I will not negotiate with people that have pornography being presented to kids across the country. I will not negotiate with people that put critical race theory in our schools and teach young white people there's something wrong with them because of the color of their skin. I will not negotiate with people. And so therefore, it is a battle of And here's my message to the American left, which you can happily communicate to the wine moms of Jackson County, which is this. We want it more than you. Yes, that's we live in a beautiful, decent country that is being abused mm -hmm. by self-righteous, narcissistic, low IQ people that could not run a hot dog stand on their best day. They could not build a business. They could not build a And our founding fathers, praise God, we are the inheritors of racism. That's right. Is a citizen government. That's right. And I'm telling you, we have just begun to roar and to take back this country. Inch by inch. Amen. Remember the words of the great Winston Churchill. In fact, I will close with a story about the great Winston Churchill. Churchill was the only man smiling the morning after Pearl Harbor. The only man smiling. His entire war cabinet was downtrodden in the press. They could not believe 
how bad things looked. And he was smiling at a special cigar and in a glass of whiskey. And he turned to his fellow war cabinet and he says, Ah, we have won the war. And his entire war cabinet was perplexed. And he repeats himself. And Churchill says, We have won the war. And a brave soul decided to challenge the prime minister and said, Have you lost your bloody mind? They are about to invade Brighton. They are bombing London every night. There is a call for your resignation. We can't get the Luftwaffe out of the sky. The Royal Air Force is barely able to keep their morale together. They have technology we can't even understand. They have a standing army of two million men that can take this aisle in an afternoon. What do you mean we have won the war, sir? Churchill enjoyed the pregnant pause and took a sip of whiskey and a puff of his cigar. He says, ah, you see, I have studied the Americans very closely for a couple decades. I can tell you, they're known to be late to the party. <laughs> Once the American people wake up, I tell you right now, the war is over. Yeah, and they That'll about do it for this installment of Weekend Update. Have a good rest of your weekend, and we'll talk again on Monday when I'll be back in the middle swamp. But for now, from the base of the Tetons in the People's Republic of Jackson, I'm David Iverson, and this is the one and only Cowboy State Politics. <laughs> <laughs>